This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of Press One for Nick. Your host, Nick Limsdahl, is the Director of Contact Center Solutions at VDS. Through conversations with customer service and customer experience leaders, Nick and his guests exchange insightful stories, best practices, and invaluable lessons they have learned along the way. Welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. My name is Nick Limsdahl, and my guest this week is Antonia Hawk. Antonia is the global head of the Ritz-Carlton Leadership Center. She's an author, thought leader, and global keynote speaker. Welcome, Antonia. Thank you, Nick. I'm so pleased to be here. Looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, you and me both. I, I've heard so much about you. I've never uh, gotten the opportunity to talk with you. So many things uh, I've seen online of articles on Medium and just the thought leadership that you're putting out there. So I, I look forward to seeing where this goes. But the, the first question I have for you and I have for every single guest is what's one thing people might not know about you? I love to be outdoors. And two of my big passions are mountain climbing and rock climbing. And in fact, tall mountains are my, uh, my favorite. And later this summer, I actually am climbing Mount Whitney. Mount Whitney. So where's that at? So that's in the Sierra Nevada range, and it is the tallest peak in the lower 48 states. Wow. So just under 15,000 feet at the summit. That's pretty amazing. And then how long is that supposed to take? Uh, the route that I'm planning to take is three days. Hey, three days is 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 a journey and strong. It's probably longer than most people are willing to invest. So kudos to you to, to taking that time. I I fully expect pictures to be posted online when you accomplish that. Of course. I, I don't think I would miss it. You know, September is such a beautiful time in that part of the world. And uh, that's such a challenging one. One thing I think everyone knows me would say is I love a great challenge. And yeah. that's certainly one. Very cool. So let's let's get into the Ritz-Carlton group, because, I mean, for over 30 years now, the Ritz-Carlton's been recognized globally for their brand experience. So what what makes Ritz-Carlton so unique? Two things make us very unique. And one is kind of a bigger topic I know we'll get into a little later. But our ladies and gentlemen really create an exceptional experience for our guests worldwide. And they are the core. I think when we talk about differentiating our brand, they are the core of who we are and why we've been at the top of our game for 30 years. And then the second thing I'd say is you take that group of exceptional human beings and then you empower them to create very special, memorable experiences for our guests. So those are really the two things that I think really make us stand out, those experiences and also our our people, our ladies and gentlemen. So I love the fact that you just brought that up because ladies and gentlemen, nobody else is calling their people, their employees, ladies and gentlemen. So why is that so important? Well, the first thing I'll say about it, because it has been an interesting um, source of dialogue for our brand for a while, it's not built to be a gender identifier. So I'll start with that comment. Mm -hmm. Um, It is really about the, the concept of respect and the way we choose to present ourselves. And and so what we strive for with that commentary is really, it's a sense of manners. It's a sense of respect, both for each other, for our guests, for our communities. We really choose to look at it through that lens. And that's why for, for the longest time, we've continued with that language, because 
our ladies and gentlemen, when we take this out and we, we do it on a regular basis, we ask for their feedback on that terminology. And it always comes back to us that, yes, we want to keep it because it's a spirit. It's a, it's a concept. And it means a lot to the individuals that work for our brand. So we use it to convey a sense of, of how we choose to show up. Yeah, I think that's very important. And I think as a consumer, I feel like you respect your employees more when you call them ladies and gentlemen because of how you are treating them and how are they they are experiencing it from the from the consumer's perspective. And so I, I love it. Back to what you do specifically, maybe share my share with my listeners what you guys do at the Ritz Carlton Leadership Center. So we're a consulting and advisory firm, and we really have three pillars of service that we provide. All of our services are all based on the best practices of the Ritz-Carlton. So when we think about that through the, the three pillars, the first is consulting and advisory, where we work with Fortune 500 mid-market clients across all kinds of verticals to take our best practices and deploy them into their organizations, usually to drive either employee experience, customer experience, or both with a strong focus on the outcomes, maybe making a market, entering a market, changing um, or evolving a legacy. Projects take on a lot of interesting work, but we love those because it gives us an opportunity to take our brand, best practices, and adapt them. And that's very, it's, it's fun for us. We're so proud of what we do and to be able to help others do it, it's a big part of who we are. The other two pillars, one, we do public courses, which are knowledge transfer, I would call it a um, kind of inspirational taster across two days of just who we are and what we do. And then the last is what I would call learning journey work. We're going to come in and teach um, kind of an ongoing curriculum of our courses that are really built for an individual client to adapt our best practices into their own environment. So we do all three of those things, again, all focused on our best practices uh, that we've evolved over 30 years. They're both physical and virtual, correct? Correct. Okay. Yeah, I think I think that's so unique, and we'll we'll talk about more of the what the market's looking like in the future. But the the hybrid approach, I feel like, is is where people are going, and some people are feel more comfortable to be on site in Arizona per se at at a location, and others are saying, "Hey, I still want the training, but I want to go and and do a virtual." So I love the fact that you're giving those options. Yes. When it comes to, there's so many questions I could ask when it comes to Ritz-Carlton, but why is it important as an organization now for companies to build a world-class culture based on shared values, inclusion and compassion, and lateral services before anything around customer-centric focus? Like, I just want to touch on that first before we get into anything else, because if it feels like a lot of people are just saying, hey, we need to be customer centric. We need to have a, a focus on the customer and put the customer at number one. But you, you're saying now it needs to have these other things prior to bringing in the customer centric focus. You know, it's, this is a hallmark of who we are as a brand and why we've been successful for as many years as we have. The data proves it out. At the end of the day, customer experiences are created by humans. Whether they are the ones building the app, whether they are the ones standing up your e-commerce platform, or whether they are the ones delivering a customer experience in a store, in a dealership, on an airplane, wherever it may be. At the end of the day, there is a human connection there. And if you do not start by creating a culture and an environment 
in which those those human beings and those employees feel valued. They really feel connected emotionally to your brand. They're passionate about your brand. We call them passionate advocates. If you don't start there, the best you're going to achieve on the customer experience end is short-term tactical gain. Because eventually, the fact that you don't have a strong culture and emotional footprint internally for your employees will catch up with you. And your customer experience will either be disingenuous or it will erode over time because you haven't taken the time to lay the foundation uh, inside of your own company first. Yeah. So from what I heard, it's to build a customer centric focus. You can, you can have goodish services or you can thrive with, with the foundation that you built first. Absolutely. So the next one I want to talk about is around emotion because it says on the Ritz Carlton leadership center website that any brand not emotionally engaged, engaging their customers risk losing those customers to a brand who will. And in anxious times, consumers are especially likely to spend time and money where they feel safe and valued. So what does it mean to emotionally engage with your customers? At the end of the day, it's back to sort of human psychology. And I think some of the best brands in the world today are really, they're really tapping into this concept of psychology and emotion. And I think we can all um, look at examples in our own lives where having an emotional connection to something makes it memorable. If it's a positive emotional connection, you want to come back, you want to try it again, you want to have more of what you've experienced. So it's those emotional connections that create that sustainable relationship between a brand and a consumer. If you're not thinking through that lens, again, at best, you're going to get transaction and maybe you're going to get repeat business based on, on something like a cost model or you know exclusivity of a product. But over the long haul, it's the service and the emotions attached to those services that create the relationship. And relationship drives loyalty, which we know drives additional purchases. It drives a relationship that's ultimately tied to financials. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, at the end of the day, as a consumer, we don't stop our emotions when we interact with the company. And so you need to have, when somebody comes up to us, regardless if it's your front desk or it's your call center, contact center space, how are you providing that listening skills through that moment hearing where they're at today, because they don't just stop and they say, hey, I'm frustrated because of my life scenario, whatever that situation is. And I'm going to go because I had a bad experience at an insurance company or a golf course or a car dealership. And I'm going to take and stop that emotion because they bring all of that emotion along with them. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important to take and understand and provide empathy and acknowledgement. And then you can actually do something with it instead of just saying, hey, that sucks. I'm sorry to hear about that. Hit the story button and then say, this is what I'm going to do. You actually acknowledge what they're saying. And it says, it sounds like you're struggling. It sounds like we didn't meet expectations. Uh, here's what we're going to do about it. And I think there's so much, I think we can unpack that uh, in so many different ways around emotion, but I love the fact that you guys are, are leaning into that. I think it's absolutely critical. And, and it's critical on both sides, right? Creating an incredible positive experience and attaching into to emotions with consumers. And also when, as you just pointed out, when people become frustrated or they have a challenging experience, how do we engage on that emotional level to turn that around? 
Because as we know, working with some, some of our clients, oftentimes the default is to, as you just also highlighted, is to go in this kind of robotic recovery mode, which <laughs> oftentimes just makes the situation worse. I had an experience like this very recently with Amazon after you know multiple chat bots that I couldn't seem to get out of the chat bot loop with. I finally invested the time to go try to find a human. When I did, it was robotic. I mean, I got I got it resolved. But if I had to score them on a great experience, it'd be a zero. Yeah, it's and, and customers' expectations are now constantly increasing, which we can continue to talk about that too. But the one thing I really love and have heard stories of over and over again is at Ritz Carlton, your ladies and gentlemen are empowered to offer the $2,000 today. And obviously you're not going to use the $2,000 a day to solve problems or find a resolution, but you have the ability to empower those ladies and gentlemen to drive to a solution that is the right fit for those specific people. And I just, I love the ability to empower those people and trust your ladies and gentlemen to create an environment that is the right fit for them because everybody in customer experience kind of talks about great metrics, right? It's the NPS scores or, or it's a CSAT or it's the, you know, fill in the blank, but how do you create customers for life? And, and that's one way to do it. Absolutely. And you, you, you hit on two important themes for our business. One is that of empowerment. And the empowerment's great on two levels. It really ties back to our earlier conversation. One, there's a psychological element to empowering someone. It comes down to value, trust. You're saying, I believe in your ability to make a great judgment call. I'm giving you this authority and this power to do what you believe is right in a circumstance. And the psychology of that for the employee experience should not be underestimated. That ties you to a brand. When a brand believes in you, trusts you, and empowers you, your connection to that brand becomes much stronger. So there's that element with an EX pivot. And then the second piece there with empowerment is also, of course, the customer benefits. Because the opportunity to resolve something, to create a special memory, to give that genuine care is also part of that equation. So it's on the CX side. The other thing that I would point out in this equation is first-party resolution. That's really important with, uh, with empower- to, to couple that with empowerment. Because if you can't, if the first person that touches a client requirement or, or a need or is resolving something, they can't drive it to conclusion and they don't have the empowerment to take care of it, we know satisfaction and brand connection goes down substantially if they have to pass you off. So those are two really important things. And, and, I, run, and I would say, a lot of brands get both of those wrong. They either fear empowerment, so they don't give it, or in order to resolve anything, you have to go through five levels of human until you get someone who can actually make a decision. And by then you're already, you know, very, very unhappy. In a competitive market, does your customer service stand out from the crowd? One way to offer a better experience is by moving your contact center to the cloud. But with so many options to choose from, How do you know which solution is the best for both your business and your customers? That's where VDS comes in and guides you to the best solution. They understand your clients' pain points, business outcomes, and goals. 
Then VDS designs, implements, supports, and provides 24-7 managed services. From start to finish, VDS is committed to finding the best solutions for your clients' needs. To learn more, go to www.govds.com or find a link in the show notes. <laughs> As a consumer, that's the last thing I want is to be passed around an organization, an organization or a, a customer sees you as one company. They don't see you as five separate departments or six different levels. And they don't really want to have to get frustrated and raise their voice and say, I want to speak to a manager. They just want their problem solved the first time. hundred percent. And it just, it ties back to just creating guests for life, creating customers for life. There's nothing in my view that feels better or is more satisfying than having your challenges resolved immediately and exceeding your expectations on how that happens when we're looking at service recovery. And then on the the opportunity to surprise and delight is also just something I think everyone craves. And the more that brands can tap into that makes you feel special, creates a unique bond for you with the brand because now you feel known. There's just so much value throughout this whole concept of empowerment and first party work. Yeah. So over the last year, it's it's been a struggle for a lot of people and a lot of organizations for that matter. And it's it's created a lot of pressure on these organizations to either strengthen under pressure, so forge, or they break. And at the same time, customers' expectations have also increased, which we talked about prior. So why is it critical to power a differentiated brand experience in today's new environment? Well, I would say if you're not differentiated, you just won't be here. Consumer expectations are changing so fast and have moved so fast over the last over the last year. And I think we've seen this cycle of compression happening for a while. I just think the last year has really accelerated it. And the brands that are really great at what I would call omni-channel or have chosen specific parts of that omni-channel experience to stand out are so memorable and so niche at this point. It drives you back to them. I had a, a scenario actually yesterday with um, Overstock.com. I'd ordered a you know a patio chair, and the delivery. I'm looking at it on my phone, probably like a lot of consumers do today. I'm looking at the you know the records, and I can see it sitting in the warehouse and it hasn't shipped yet. And I ordered it ten days ago, and I see at the bottom of the screen this little tiny chat button on my phone. And as a consumer, I'm like, I'm going to check this out. I bet this is going to be a bot. I'm probably mm. going to get, not going to get resolution. I clicked that chat button. It opened up my iMessage on my iPhone, inserted an actual phone number, and started out a chat sequence. And I chatted with a real human being over text who resolved my issue in probably less than a minute, was super polite, on brand, really did a lovely job of resolving my issue. And I went away and thought about that for the majority of the day because the experience was so connected, so flawless, and so personal. And my issue was resolved immediately. I just thought it was extraordinary. And it's things like that that are going to make brands stand out right now, which is why that differentiated experience really matters. And you know what's just as important? is that you're talking about this on a podcast. Mm-hmm. It, it's your word of mouth is now sharing without them ha- having to spend money on PR or marketing. They're saying, 
hey, we're going to kick butt and take names and, and we don't have to spend as much on marketing per se because we're driving the experience that customers are, are expecting or that we're surprising and delighting them in, in that text message. Absolutely. And those are the kinds of things when brands sit down to think about where they're going to make investment. This concept of a great shareable experience factors in so completely to customer experience. If it's yeah. shareable and you're crafting it in such a way where you are going to stand out, you better believe that's going to get, you know, airtime on Instagram, on TikTok. People are going to talk about it at the barbecue with their friends. I mean, that, that yeah. referral is so powerful. Yeah. It's crazy because we trust people. Every time I go buy something and it doesn't matter if it's a shovel or a vacuum or a watch or anything, I'm looking at reviews of people who I have no idea who they are, right? True. And I'm saying, okay, Absolutely. well, I'm, I'm going online and I'm looking for a watch band for my Apple watch. So I'm on Amazon, I'm back and forth and, and it's potentially not on Amazon or on, on the Apple website. And I'm saying, hey, this one has 4.6 reviews. This one has 4.9 reviews, but this one has more reviews. Let me go look at the comments. And I have no idea who these people are, but I value their opinion because yeah. it's kind of a broad approach. It's not just saying, hey, I'm an, I'm an ice cream shop and that we have the world's best ice cream. You know what's great about this? You're raising such a great point because I've really seen, I think we've all seen it last year, this incredible focus on digital, right? Let's digitize everything. Let's put everything online. Let's focus on e-commerce. Let's focus on technology. But what you're highlighting with your comments right here is the connection between the human experience and the technology. As human beings, we just will continue to love to engage with other humans. You know, it's the principle behind TikTok. It's the principle behind reading reviews. It's the principle yeah. behind coming in, you know, to Ritz Carlton and having a great experience. There's still that craving for human connection. I would agree. So how do you see companies focusing on the employee experience when they when they work their way back? To the brick and mortars or a work from home or the hybrid, kind of like we talked about at the very beginning, or I, I mentioned it. How do you align with those internal brand experiences? Because I believe it's so important, but it, it's going to, it's, there's going to be some, some uh, more that's between those and there's going to be some rough edges. So how do you work through that? I think first and foremost, this is a great time. And we've advised a lot of clients on this. Uh, this is a great time to dust off and have a hard look at your culture. What is it that you stand for? How, it's time to do a little bit of an audit. And I think employees are really welcoming this right now. As the world is shifting yet again for all of us, you know, moving to hybrid models, coming back into offices, it's such an um, important time to demonstrate value to employees, an important time to ensure that your values and kind of what you stand for in, in any of these environments is solid. And then what are you looking at as a company in terms of taking that next step? I think it's an incredibly important time to lead from the front with your employee experience evolution and to tackle these things head on as opposed to kind of letting it happen to you or thinking because you've been on Zoom for a year, you can probably continue to figure this out. The best organizations are being very proactive. They're benchmarking themselves and they are building out employee, you know, the same way we think about customer journey roadmaps, we're building out employee journey roadmaps. What should this new experience look like? And let's treat it with the same fidelity and the same importance that we treat customer experience. Companies doing that are off to a great start and they're really starting to smooth out the process by being so deliberate. 
Yeah, that's great. So I got to ask the last question for, for you before I jump into my, my two questions I ask everybody. But as somebody who's a sought off speaker like yourself and, you know, a thought leader in the space, you know, maybe provide my listeners some advice that how would you recommend leading in, in today's new world? Because I think it's always constantly changing and you, you not, don't necessarily need to be like the, the chameleon, but how do you find ways to, to lead in today's new world? I think it's a very important time, and, and I would draw this connection back to, to just corporate brands as well. This is an incredibly important time to be authentic, to be open, and going that extra mile to connect. The same way we spend that energy and that time with our guests or our consumers, it's so important to spend that time with employees to ensure that you're doing meaningful, purpose-driven work. If you aren't really examining that work for how you can bring that to life, being authentic and in sort of 360, there's such a movement right now towards that, that emotional connection, opening up more of who you are and how you, how you move through work and making sure you're adapting that to, to, other, to your colleagues, to your peers, to your work groups, people that work for you. It's just a really important time to do that. And so I would really lean hard on authenticity and connection as being important, probably such critical and important leadership principles more so than we've probably seen in the past. Yeah, I would agree because what organizations don't technically do over the last year is they have we all do it. We have back to back to back to back meetings <laughs> on Zoom and they tend to overlap and there's not that time to say, hey, how are you? How's the kid? How is this, how, how's your soccer, the soccer match, your, your adult hockey group? Or how's that time when you went rock climbing? And tell me more about that. They don't leave the, the windows of opportunity to connect with the employees. So I love the fact that you brought that up. The last question, the last two questions I ask every single guest, Antonia, is what's one, what's a book or person in customer service or customer experience who has influenced you the most in the past year? And then the second one is, if you could leave a note to all customer service professionals, and it's going to hit everybody's desk Monday at 8 a.m., what would it say? Well, I'll start with the book. It might not be a very traditional pick, but I'll pull it back right. to um, customer experience. I am reading a book called Prosperity by um, Colin Mayer, and it's all about the evolution of the corporation, um, moving away from this traditional concept of shareholder value as a root metaphor, right, for why a corporation exists and sort of taking this pivot that we should start to think about corporations in terms of how they can evolve for both economic and social well-being. And he really pulls this through and makes this argument around how a corporation can restore trust, can create purpose, can be a force for, for well-being with both customers and communities. And so I think it ties back very much to what we believe at the Ritz Carlton in the sense that, you know, a great corporation serves the purpose of taking care of employees and communities as much as taking care of customers. And at the point that you are solely and exclusively in business for the purpose of making money, you're probably, it, goes, it ties back into differentiation and purpose-driven businesses. You're not going to be nearly as successful long-term 
as a corporation that really starts to embrace this, um, what I believe is coming uh, mm-hmm. on the back of COVID, which is this concept of economic and social well-being. And I think we're seeing it in many, many ways uh, manifest with the, the conversations that are happening in many societies right now. So I think it's a really compelling look at the purpose of a corporation. And that ties back to what is that experience for employees and for customers? So it's a fascinating book and a, I think a very interesting read. To your second question, if I was writing a memo that's going to hit everybody's desk on Monday, the start of that memo would say, be you, right? bring, bring your own life experiences and your own enthusiasm for whatever it is that gets you going in this world. Bring that to work because the very best customer experiences are created by people who are exuberant and excited about what they're doing. And even if you're in a, in a role that has a level of kind of repetition to it, never underestimate your power to make change in someone's life in some small way. Whether you're a call center rep, you can, I've had a few calls, they've been 60 seconds and they've been the highlight of my day. When I talk to a call center representative that I know is, is excited and enthusiastic. So do that. Bring yourself to work and come tapped into what makes you excited and happy because you'll create great experiences that way. Sound advice. Antonia, what's the best way for my listeners to connect with you or the Ritz-Carlton Leadership Center? We love people to uh, follow us on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. The Leadership Center is also on LinkedIn. And certainly to check out our website and our blog. We love to post lots of thought leadership and content on it. So those would be the best ways. Yeah, the, the last plug that I'll put in is I'm signed up for their their newsletter or their emails that come out and every one of them has some has some a ton of thought leadership and a ton of value packed into those. So uh, I would recommend going and, and signing up for those right away. Antonia, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it and uh, hope you have a great week. Thank you. It was a pleasure to, to spend this time with you today. Hey, listeners, can you think of one person who would benefit from the information you learned today? If so, please consider sharing it with them by giving them a link of this episode or directly from your app. And last, if you'd like to receive all the quotes and book recommendations from all my guests, go to pressonefornick.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.